Welcome to the Mike on Much podcast. I'm your host, Mike Veerman. We're here with our friend and trusty producer, Max Kerman. And rejoining us after a week away is our pop culture aficionado, Shane Cunningham. And if that wasn't exciting enough, we're bringing in a guest this week, our good friend, writer, producer, director, and co-host of Heist Podcast. He's been on here before. We love him. Matt Unsworth, welcome to the podcast once again. What's up, fellas? I got to say, you you joined this thing like in like a tank top with some neon green shorts. Were you just like running in the hills or something as one does in LA? Yeah, I got the time zones mixed up. Uh, I thought we were doing this at 530, but uh, <laughs> luckily you guys sent me a text. I'm ready to go. That's a time zone Whoa. error. You thought our time zone was like a, a half hour difference. There's some math involved, yeah. Shane. Come on. Yeah, but it's just three hours. It's not two and a half hour difference or three and a half hours. <laughs> but you're all like, you're all sweated up. Yeah. What were you, you doing? Look good. Yeah, you do look good. Thanks. Thanks, fellas. Uh, I was running and I thought I was going to have time to obviously have a shower before this. It's really hot outside right now. It's a big old mess. All right. <laughs> Guys, lots is going on. Uh, Shane, you're back. Did you did you listen to our episode last week about odds, Shane? We missed you. We had it was a good today. one. I liked that episode. <laughs> Talking about the business, the juice boxes. You got to get them. There's like a two for one deal, I think. No, I, I didn't listen to the episode. I've been very, I've been very busy. But I heard, and uh, you know, to my dismay, it seemed like a lot of people on Twitter were liking it, and that always mm. hurts my feelings when people are like, "Oh, we really liked this episode. Such a great episode." So it's like, ah, am I not needed? Shane, you know, I was thinking about you the other day because um, the Maple Leafs are in the playoffs, and their uh, starting goalie. Uh, Frederick Anderson, who is supposed to be their go-to guy, he's now the backup goalie, and uh, they have this kind of golden retriever type uh, goalie named Jack Campbell, who is playing very well, and he went on this like crazy win streak. The Leafs are up three-one now in the playoffs, and everyone is assuming that maybe Freddie is, you know, conflicted because on one hand he wants to be the starting goalie, but on the other hand he wants his team to be successful. And I figure, and I think that you would really like not deal with that particularly well if you were in that goalie situation. So how, how do you think you'd you're saying it? if I was in this situation, you're not implying that <laughs> Nick is the new like up and coming like guest host guy, right? Is that no, the no, implication no, 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 no. or? You're saying no, if no, no. the situation that's not happening were happening. Yeah. It is a little suspicious that that you out of nowhere brought in Unzi. Are every week are we going to audition a fourth person yeah, as we what sort is of going on? <laughs> like, Yeah, why is Unsworth here? Not that I'm angry. <laughs> But why is he Thanks, here? Shane. Thanks a lot, buddy. <laughs> okay, uh, two reasons. One is because of the first topic uh, that I, we're going to hit, uh, I thought Anzi could use, uh, could offer some of his expertise because this is sort of his domain, and we'll get to that in a second. And the other thing is that we've all kind of had long days. You guys were working. Uh, you had a shoot or you're writing stuff. It seemed like it's a very busy time. I'm pretty busy because our Kels have a song coming out tomorrow, mm. and it's an 8 p.m. record. I was like, you know what? Sometimes you just need the Billy Preston of the group, someone to come in, bring the good vibes, bring some fresh energy. For those who don't know what I'm talking about, Billy Preston, organ player, keyboard player, who joined the Beatles kind of at the tail end of the career in the Let It Be sessions, just to bring some extra spirit. So that's what Anzi's doing, I think. That, that he's going to bring that energy to this podcast. He is. Uh, Matt, now that you're, you're, fully, you're fully vaxxed, living down in, in California, you have been for a while, you're out amongst the people, you go to bars, you're living a very normal life relative to us up here in Ontario. Are you uh, and Simon recording uh, the heist together now, back in the same room, or are you still Zooming it up? We're still Zooming it up. We... Simon actually just, he got, he like just got his double shot like a week ago. He was kind of behind, like I got mine pretty early, so I was good. But yes, I I think he's like good now. Mm. So we haven't, we've done like one or two together, but I think we're going to start 
doing them together moving forward. Well, I can't, I can't wait until the day that the three of us are together doing pods again uh, in person. And it feels like we're one step closer because big news, Shaney boy is just coming from getting a vax today, which means all three of us on the pod uh, have at least our first shot. Mm-hmm. Shane, you, that's your first shot? You don't have this. I thought I was going to say your second shot. What, you've already gotten your second vax? <laughs> no, I haven't gotten my second shot. No, I thought maybe you because Alex's immune system thing. I thought maybe you got you, your second one already. No, I think that's the reason we actually delayed it because... AstraZeneca turned out to be not cool for what she had. Like we were asking doctors because everyone, there was a point where everyone was saying, oh, it's just better to get vax, get any vax you can. And I was totally like, yeah, let's AstraZeneca, whatever. There's no hierarchy. And then we were talking to people and they said not to get AstraZeneca. So we waited. Mm. Did you spend much time on the internet, like researching yourself or did you just talk to people? I I interviewed (laughs) Dr. Drew and I talked to <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> what? Yeah, Which, by I, the way, Shane, just so you know, Max's arranger, so Dr. Drew will be on with us next week auditioning for the yeah, role. Yeah, in this, well, he this seems show. like he'll do any podcast, but um, <laughs> <laughs> he, I w- he was saying that because I was like, oh, like I was trying to like almost give him a leading question. Like, oh, it's better if anyone gets any vax. He's like, I don't know. I took Johnson and Johnson and it almost killed me. I'm like, really? <laughs> he's like, yeah. And then he's, I'm like, what do you think of AstraZeneca? He's like, oh, what's your situation? And I said, oh, my wife is lupus. He goes, stay away. And I was like, okay. And then the next night he was almost killed in like a, a gunfight. It was weird. <laughs> like, great. Dr. Drew yeah, was? I think it was even that night. So we got off the phone with him. And then in the news the next morning, it was Dr. Drew was at a restaurant I guess he's fully vaxxed. And uh, there was a a gunfight broke <laughs> out in the exactly. restaurant and he barely wow. made it out alive. My God. But yeah, that's that's why I'm I'm a little bit late. But I feel great. I got the Pfizer, so I think that's the mm. that's the best one, right? <laughs> we're not gonna so, we're not going that's there. what I got you. <laughs> I will say, uh, I don't know if you're feeling it yet, but my shoulder was sore for three days. Like I could barely like lift it. And I don't know if it's just because I'm soft, but uh, I'm very curious to know if you have the shoulder thing. Not for, like, for me now. Days. It's kicked in for Alex, but uh, yeah. not for me. Well, I'm happy you've uh, joined the club, my friend. And it's it's a step closer to all of us doing this in person and not on a, you know, a fucking Zoom for the millionth time. I was going to ask, like, how invincible do you feel, Unsworth? Because <laughs> I, I, I just called you and... Uh, it seemed like you had somebody over at the time. You were like, sup? I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, hey. You're like, hey. I'm like, yeah, what, what do you think? <laughs> he always talks like no, that, though. But I told He's- him I was going to call him and ask him what he thought of my scripts. And he just like was leaving me hanging. And it was like he was <laughs> acting cool for someone. Did you have someone over? I did not have anyone over. But I was waiting for you to tell me what. I didn't know the context of the phone call. So I was like. <laughs> I forgot, I guess you told me you're going to call me. So you're like, hey, I was like, hey, dead air for like 10 minutes. Oh, like, okay. Oh, it was up. You got into I it. I thought you were playing it cool for somebody. Okay. But how, how invincible do you feel? Uh, I got to say after the second shot, it was like, just felt so good. Just the, uh, you probably feel it right now from the first one. Just like that stress off your shoulders is such a relief. What's, what's the vibe like in LA right now? Give us some stories of you actually going outside. It is, it's just starting to kick off right now. Like people are really, really going for it. I would like just when we went out, I went out this weekend and it was like wall to wall, lines out of all the bars, uh, everyone in the bar going completely nuts. Everyone talking to each other, talking to strangers, saying hi, doing shots, inside, outside, patios. It's It's been pretty fun for sure. Is there beads? Beads? Yeah, like Mardi Gras beads. Oh, it's like, it's pretty close to Mardi Gras level. 
even though there's still some kind of like restrictions, you can't like certain bars have to close early or there's, um, you know, limits like capacity still a bit low, but LA is known for being like an early bar closed city anyway, yeah, which we always worst. found jarring when I visited you before. Cause like here on the East coast, Matt, if we go out, like we're, we're going to close the bar down. It's going to be like two, two 30 and we'll be finishing up our drinks and walking out in LA. It's like, well, it's 1130. I guess we better shut it down. And I always found that very weird for a place with such great weather. I agree. They don't let you do that trick at last call. You order like 20 <laughs> beers. Yeah. That trick is not allowed in LA. They'll just, they'll just take your beers and kick and they kick you out. Oh yeah. But the theory is, and I think this is true, is that because you have to wear a t-shirt all year round, people are okay to just go home and get a good night's sleep and work out the next day. Do you know what I mean? Like if you're, <laughs> wearing a jacket uh you know eight months of the year and you can like kind of like you know hide your upper body a little bit then you can like okay sure i'm staying to the bar till three in the morning who gives a shit right <laughs> but when you're in la like unzi here's a question do you feel more body conscious because you live in la than you did back in toronto yeah for sure everyone's so jacked here i think it's an american <laughs> thing too but like you go to the park and there's dudes with like eight packs massive they should be they look like they're all from the bachelor <laughs> It's, it's, you know, obviously there's other people too, but there's definitely way, way more super ripped, super in shape men and women in the city. It's crazy. When you come to Canada, do you feel like you're the best looking guy? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I knew it. You cocky bastard. <laughs> I've got basically a tan maybe Thank Christmas. That's the only difference I see when I go home. If people are at a bar and they're, they're having fun and they're drunk, and people are making out during this this weird time where some people are vaccinated, some people aren't. What's the vibe like? Is it cool, or do you get thrown out of the bar? Or is it is it not like that? Well, I was I was actually uh, telling one of you guys earlier on the phone that at the bar on Saturday, me and this other girl went both went to the bathroom together, and we <laughs> went to go push the doors open on the guy's bathroom and the doors the girl's bathroom. They were both being held shut by two couple separate people like banging in the inside wow. the bathroom at the time. Oh my god. Just like full board it's begun. going for it. Were you trying to get into the bathroom with this girl or you just have to go at the <laughs> yeah. same time? Clarify I'm that. These people are rude. Taking a number. <laughs> um, uh, making out, sharing drinks. Yeah, like sharing drinks, like all that stuff is totally and yeah, totally on board. And wow. is mask Remember? wearing totally uh, not the thing to do anymore? Mm, you can sit inside and outside a bar without a mask. You, if you're like, say you go to the bathroom or if you're like in a store or something, yeah, you probably supposed to, you're still so, supposed to wear a mask. So it's like on and off. It, there's really no, it's like, you just got to make your best judgment, I guess. Do you guys, do you guys like, uh, remember, you know, when we drink together or say it was like, a, we were really going for it and someone put like a bottle, like a bottle of liquor and we'd pass it around. We do schwillies, right? We'd all sort of take a swig and pass it to the next guy. Um, one, do you think we'll ever do that again? Or do you think that practice is dead? <laughs> and two, Unzi, have you have you shared a drink with somebody since you've been set loose on Los Angeles? I'll say, first of all, my prediction is for sure, probably even more so once everyone has their second shot. Yeah. People are so, they will be hugging so much. They'll be kissing. They'll be shaking hands. I think that people just need that. And for sure, tasting people's cocktails, uh, sharing drinks has already started. Wow. I definitely wow. did that on Friday. Well, they're banging in the washrooms like instantly. I don't think sharing a drink, they're going to be like, no, thanks. I'm not an animal. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, do you guys want to get to some topics? Yeah. We brought the expert in for a reason. We did. Oh, and actually, this is sort of... Um, 
a good uh, you know think about the the situation Dr. Drew found himself in. Mm. This kind of relates to the subject I wanted Unzi to speak on. Uh, set it up, Mikey. Well, we we brought Unzi in because he does uh, co-host the Heist podcast. I actually listened to a recent episode, the one about the Ponzi scheme with the the guy in Hollywood. I can't remember, recall his name. What was it? Oh, the former actor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. His last name was Avery. Zach Avery? That sort of is nuts. Zach Avery, yeah. So I encourage Horowitz. our listeners to go check out that episode of the pod and all the uh, episodes of the heist. But the first topic, uh, Max wanted to bring you in with, and I got to say, Max, I'm struggling a bit to see the connection between a heist and this story. Uh, other than other than maybe, I guess the president of Belarus is is doing a heist of some sort with, with, a, with a human being. Yeah. So this story is- Or been a crowbar the- audition, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever the case may be. <laughs> So this story uh, has been a, become a, an international incident story, but uh, I mean, uh, Tr- Justin Trudeau uh, has just commented on it, but I'll give you the sort of the short version of the story. There was this journalist who was arrested in very dramatic fashion. His name is Roman uh, Protasevich, uh, and he is from Belarus, and he has been critical of the, the government and the president who has been referred to as Europe's last dictator. Uh, so this is, you know, aside from sort of Putin, internationally, the, the, the president of Belarus is seen as sort of a, a not a very good person. They have like a bad humanitarian record, all this stuff. So this guy has been very critical as a citizen of Belarus. He lived outside of Belarus and he's been doing it uh, outside of the country. I guess the, the, this, this guy that runs the country, basically, that is a crime punishable by uh, arrest or even death. So he wanted to get this journalist back, but this journalist is out living in other places, writing his articles, being critical. He's on a flight uh, going somewhere in Europe on Ryanair and they're supposed to fly. Lithuania to uh, Greece to Lithuania. Greece to Lithuania. That is the flight pattern. Yeah. And I guess the plane veers a little bit off course. It was supposed to stay over Lithuanian air the whole way. I guess they veer into uh, Belarus's air uh, space. And so immediately, I guess a couple fighter jets go up and they basically tell this plane it needs to ground itself in Belarus uh, because there is a bomb threat potentially on the, on the plane. This journalist, Roman, while this is happening, uh, apparently he starts telling people on the plane, this is for me. They're getting me to land in Belarus. So they can arrest me. He's terrified. He's scared. Uh, the plane does agree to land. They land in Belarus. They immediately pull this guy off the plane. And he's currently uh, in jail. Uh, like I said, the international community is outraged. President uh, or Prime Minister Justin Trudeau uh, has called Belarus's dramatic arrest uh, outrageous, illegal, completely unacceptable, calling for his immediate release and saying Canada is considering further sanctions against um, Belarus. So yeah, this is a pretty, pretty insane story and sets like a wild precedent for other sort of smaller countries that may Maybe don't have much to like sort of act out in this way. Uh, Max, what was it that you, you really wanted to zero in on with this story? Uh, well, there is a like a heist element to this, right? Because basically, like it was a bit of an elaborate plan. Because if you're sending your fighter jet into the air and saying, hey, you're coming with us, there's a, like that takes some coordination. Also, um, the heist, I think, by nature is a, is a public event, right? Like obviously there's there's bystanders around in this situation. And you're you're talking about I was just thinking about the idea of like if you were a passenger on that plane and this was and you were just kind of watching this unfold, how that would feel. And you know, Shane mentioned Dr. Drew happened to be in a restaurant while a shootout happened. Anyway, I was just thinking about uh, if there's been any uh, instances in your guy's life where you've been a part of something that was much bigger than you, like some sort of event, something that felt kind of dangerous. And also, I want to ask Anzi, maybe we start here, is uh, have you ever seen anything like this in your history of like a pl- uh, something involving a plane being redirected uh, for some other nefarious purpose? It, well, at first, it reminds me of the beginning of Dark Knight Rises, sort of what they do, right? When they, they fly the other plane. In Batman, Dark Knight Rises, they fly that plane and they shoot 
uh, zip lines and they go over and they, oh, yeah. they grab the guy out of the plane. Uh, yep. See? I wonder um, if it was inspired by that. Yeah, Maybe the, it the was. president of Belarus watches that uh, like on repeat. <laughs> We're going to do it like Batman. Take notes. <laughs> Take notes, people. <laughs> yeah, we've covered a few airplane heists uh, before. I mean, obviously, uh, D.B. Cooper comes to mind. The Who's that? Famous, What's D.B. Cooper? Mysterious guy. Uh, D.B. Cooper was a... Went, no one knows who it was. There's yeah. a few documentaries. I think there's a big one on Netflix right now. But this guy in the in the 70s, I believe... Got on a plane wearing aviators and a suit, just sat down, and then he gave a note to the stewardess saying, I have a bomb on me, and I'm hijacking this plane. He demanded a big chunk of money, I don't know, maybe $500,000, something like that. And uh, it's kind of notorious because one of the biggest, most successful airplane hostage ransom situations because they eventually, he let everyone off the plane and the plane went up again into the air with D.B. Cooper on it and all the money. And then when they were like up in the sky, like way, way up, he put on a parachute, opened the back door of the airplane and jumped out. And he got and away with it. Away. And he got away. And no one knows who he is or what happened to him if he lived what or year? died. I think it's the 70s. 70s. Yeah. I think like the early 70s. Mm. And he had all the cash like strapped to his person. Mm-hmm. He is strapped to it. And they did find like, some of the money like way way later but no one knows if this guy died uh, got eaten by animals or if he lived and he's you know all these theories of who he became after he that be, actually that guy um, became warren buffett that is actually what the, <laughs> that's how it started <laughs> he just needed some seed money yeah <laughs> seed you gotta have money, money to make money <laughs> you, you gotta take chances in this life <laughs> buy low sell high <laughs> <laughs> There's another one. There's been a few of these like ransom ones. There's another really famous one in Sydney in the again in the early 70s. Apparently there's a movie called uh, it's called like the the uh, Doomsday Flight where this happened in a movie and then every time there's a bomb on a plane with a like a altitude trigger on it, yeah, right? Yeah. And someone calls in saying sort of like speed. They call in in the movie, they call in and they say the plane's at 30,000 feet altitude. If you don't give me $300,000 or whatever amount of money, the trigger will go off once you go below you know, 25,000 feet and the plane will blow up. So then the plane with all the hostages stuck in the air and it can't go down because the bomb will blow up. And so they have to deliver the money. It's like kind of, but the person's not on the plane. They're able to con- control this from outside. That happens in this movie called Doomsday Flight. But apparently whenever it airs on TV, people would start calling into the airplane airports and be like, flight 256 has a bomb with a altitude <laughs> trigger on it. Give me $300,000, you'll blow up. And it, it happened multiple times. A big one happened in, in Sydney, in, again, in the early 70s, where some guy, they think he saw this movie and uh, he did that same thing. He put a bomb in a locker in the airport. He's like in the Sydney airport. He's like, go check this out. There's a, a bomb in there. It does this exact same bomb on this flight that's going to America or something. If you don't give me 300,000, always 300,000, yeah. <laughs> $300,000, always a guaranteed thing. And they, they went for it. They gave him, they like met him in like in front of the airport in a, in a car and they gave him the money and he took off. And then he told them where the bomb was on the plane. And it turned out it was just like a fake bomb. I was I but, was wondering if he was bluffing. That's a good bluff. Yeah, they're always. Yeah, it seems like they're always bluff. Yeah, but yeah, there's there's a 
There's quite a few, quite a few airplane heists. Yeah, I find these are interesting to me in the modern day because it feels like most like war warfare is like all digital. It's like basically like hacks or something like that. Like feels like less and less like happens in the real world. So when you just hear about about somebody like sending a fighter jet into into the air and, being, and like and like telling the plane, "All right, you're coming with me, and we're gonna like guide you down to this airport." And we're taking a person physically off. You just don't see that kind of thing as often. So I don't no, know. That's it's kind of it's so kind of crazy. No, it's yeah. yeah, it's stunning and something to watch if you're interested in sort of like international politics and the way that they're going yeah. to handle this guy in Belarus after he's done some, something so brazen and, and illegal. I have a question about dictators. I'm not very good at uh, history uh, or geography or math or English, but let's stick to <laughs> <laughs> let's stick to history here. Has there ever been a nice dictator, or are they just all me? Question depends on who you ask. Those are, yeah, they're called kind taters. Those ones actually. There's a reason that these ones are called dictators. You're a dictator. <laughs> good work. Good work. Uh, I love Max loving that. <laughs> I love that joke so much. Oh fuck. Um, no, president. Me too, Okay, uh, Max looking this up. B benevolent yeah. dictators. You immediately you immediately end up on a watch list of some sort for googling that. Okay, drinking, wait, 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 Shane, are you drinking wine over there? Are you crushing a, a glass of wine? Yeah, man. Oh, that looks great. Oh, Wednesday's your drinking oh, night. Nice Wednesday's fun. your drinking night, That's right? Great. I guess, yeah. Well, usually <laughs> I I had to move it because Wednesday normally I have a date night with my wife, but uh, I've been so busy I can't do it tonight. But my body's used to drinking on Wednesdays, so I have to keep it going or else I'll get the shakes or something. <laughs> You're two glasses on Wednesday. <laughs> my body feels weird. No, right we, now. we actually go for it on Wednesdays. So, yeah. We, we've got it how, in, how many... into absinthe, actually, too. Like real absinthe. <laughs> the, it's been banned not, not for 95 years, and now we've got like the real stuff. They've unbanned it. How, how much do you drink? Uh, usually two drinks. But you can like it makes you feel so warm and happy and it's quite dangerous if you drink it straight and don't dilute it with like the sugar cubes and everything. You can hallucinate. Do you do the fire, the fire and the sugar and all that stuff? <clears throat> we, do the whole production? We do the sugar, not the fire. Yeah, we couldn't find a lighter. <laughs> Maxi, what did you look up? Okay, did you I, find a benevolent dictator? Yeah, I, I don't want to call this guy a dictator because I don't think he was. He was actually kind of beloved. But um, the president of Yugoslavia, uh, Tito, uh, he basically ruled the country kind of after World War II until 1980 when he died. And he really kept that country together. And now it, it, it afterward, it divided into Croatia, Slovenia, and one other country. Serbia, Montenegro? Yeah, maybe that one. And if you watch the documentary, it's an amazing sports documentary, Once Brothers. Ah. I cried throughout it. It's so good. It's like an ESPN 30 for 30. It's about the relationship between basketball players in that country, including Vladi Divac and a couple other guys that play in the NBA. Um, he basically kept that country together. And then after he died, it uh, they split up and then they started to war with each other. But it sounded like he was kind of an authoritarian kind of guy. He, he had a bit of a heavy hand, but everybody liked him. So I, I don't want to call him a dictator because he wasn't that. But it was a guy who definitely like ruled with a heavy hand, but uh, people didn't seem to mind. So I don't know. I, I, but yeah, otherwise, I think it's a, probably a pretty short list of people who you'd call a dictator <laughs> who... Who are nice? Yeah, that's all. I, that's I don't all know. I, if, I don't know if it's ever been used as a compliment, like to describe a boss or like a coworker or <laughs> a spouse. <laughs> you don't call Danica a, a dictator. I would never use that you. word. <laughs> <laughs> Quick ticket to the doghouse, right there. 
Uh, okay, let's get to the next subject. Well, you're staying on, Anzi. Yeah, you, well, I, wait, you chill on. I, I, had a, I had a question. I had a quick question. Ooh. If you guys were on that plane, what would you just sit there quietly and and not say anything? Would you be like, "What's going on here? Why they take what? You know, this is this is injustice." Would you stand up or would you just sit there quietly, not say a word? I would just sit there. I know. I know me. I just sit there. Shane, would you text anybody or would you be worried about them looking at your phone history? Oh, I wouldn't text anybody, do anything. I would just be frozen stiff and just sit there. Yeah. I mean, it's it's funny because there's there's a real North American way and, and specifically American way of thinking about like 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 being outspoken about your rights and sort of like, wait, this is a violation. Whereas I think in other countries where things are more difficult or they have a different sort of like um, government, speaking out is just so much more... Um, uh, fraught with like uh, 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 danger, and so I don't know if you're you're sort of conditioned to be like, no, I need to be quiet in this moment. But like being myself as a Canadian, and in a foreign land, like we get grounded in Belarus, it's like, yeah, it's like it's like, are you willing to put your freedom on the line by maybe saying something or standing up, and then you're going to end up in jail too? And then you know Trudeau's got to try and get you out, and it's like I got a kid at home, I got to get home. Why, why did I come to Lithuania in the first place? You know, <laughs> uh, and now I'm questioning all my life's decisions. So. Uh, I'm not proud of it, but yeah, I probably keep my mouth shut. Uh, and, and, and yeah, I'm just sort of like torn up inside. Like, man, this, this is terrible. And humans make me sad. What would you do, yeah. Max? Yeah. That wasn't the hilarious answer. I, I'll come up with a, I'll think of a punchline. Uh, you guys keep going. No, 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 you're right. Uh, yeah. Cause sometimes I do think Mike, to your point, like there are a couple of Canadians that are being held in a Chinese prison right now. And they've been there for like, you know, 525 days so far or whatever. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, like, how are they surviving? Um, and so that idea of being thrown in jail in a foreign country is very, very scary. I, I'd probably, my instinct is um, to de-escalate situations. Like I was waiting uh, for the streetcar a couple of week, weeks ago. I don't know if I mentioned this. And some guy. <laughs> Not a false equivalent. <laughs> this, is, this is harrowing. Max, please, everyone be quiet. Let's settle in. Max. Give that man a transfer. <laughs> Everyone so, uh, does the slow clap for Max. Yeah. <laughs> well, basically, this like this person I might have told the story on the pod already. Uh, who's like sort of clearly unwell, probably. Oh, Ash just said you've told this full story on the pod. <laughs> okay, never mind. Hypocrite, Max. Uh, Hypocrite. Basically, uh, yeah. Anyway, I de-escalated a situation where I was like, guys, guys, it's fine. I looked at the person who had some sense, and I said, you know, he's a little crazy. We don't need to. Uh, be bothered by him let's just you know let's just you know let's separate and go our own separate I ways like how you picked so, those delicate words originally like he was a little unwell <laughs> guys this guy's a total nut job let's stay away from him. <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. um and so anyway so my mind would go there yes i think my mind always goes there in, in this situation so maybe at first you know as the military guys are like coming onto the plane to like handcuff this guy i'd be like guys 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 can we just <laughs> we don't want to do this <laughs> Guys, it's crazy. <laughs> Chill. You know, don't don't read the articles. Yeah. Yeah, if you don't like what he's saying, just don't read it. Pull out your guitar. And start playing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I get it, guys. I've been criticized. You know, I've had bad reviews. You know, I know what the feeling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's where my mind would go. And then probably pretty quickly, uh, I'd be uh, terrified and not do anything <laughs> at all. <But laughs> Unzi, what would you do in that situation? Well, you brought a good brought up a good point. Like one of my biggest fears is broke down palace situation where you <laughs> yeah. get stuck in a foreign jail. Like yeah. nothing scares me more than that ever. I'd probably <laughs> stand up in a way that I just whisper quietly to the person beside me, like, "Oh, this is injustice. Why? I can't believe they're taking this guy off. Someone should do something." But that's about as loud as I would get. Yeah, 
Yeah. I guess the better question is, do we have any friends that would do something? Like, do we know anybody in our lives that would be like, I'm not standing for this. This is not, this is not fair. I'm going to do what's right. Rob Ascula. I could see, I could see Mark Myers saying something. Ooh. Yeah, possibly. What do you think, Shaney? Uh, you're, you're closest with him. Could you see him that? Him and Rob Ascula, I, in a way, are cut from a similar cloth. Nick, right, Nick right. Dyke too. Nick. Yes, Nick. I was going to say Nick too. That's that, that was going to be my first, and Nick, then I jumped from Nick to Rabascula. And you didn't want to uh, mention Nick again because you th- he might be coming hot on your heels here for the uh, the third spot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> <So> yes. We, <laughs> we don't need to pump his tires. That's kind of the ultimate compliment, though, eh? Just like if like those three people that would actually do it. Yeah. Yeah. Kudos to those guys. We, we could all use a little bit more of that uh, in ourselves, mm-hmm. I think, in scenarios like that. I, I don't know, because it, what it does yeah. is it like it really shows like this sort of like selflessness. And you may think it, but I guess actions, like they say, speak louder than words. And most people in that moment are they're going to be self-preservationists, mm-hmm. which is a hum- mm-hmm. that's a human instinct as well. So there is a certain amount of like courage that goes into actually speaking up when there's real stakes. Yeah. What, what, what lie would you uh, I mean, yours wouldn't be lies to yourself. Like I'd, I'd be like the. The world needs my songs. I sh- I cannot stand up in this situation. So uh, so my- <laughs> just kidding. But I'm sure you you Mike and Shane, you guys would think of my your families. You'd be like, I have a daughter at home. That's how I Shane, that's how I'd sleep daughter, at night. Is you know? I would say I need to yeah, stay yeah. alive for my kids. Anzi, what would be your excuse to yourself? <laughs> uh, I got like a cat. <laughs> Cats count. <laughs> Someone's got to feed that cat, man. <laughs> and sit down. Yeah. Stay in that seat. Uh, all right let's move on to the next topic um so there was a rager planned for huntington beach we're getting Mm. close to your neck of the woods here uh how close are you to huntington beach it's probably like a hour and a half away but it's i mean this makes sense i haven't read this article but this makes sense it's it's a little different part of cal southern california for sure so the headline in the new york times piece is how a 17 year old's birthday party became the biggest thing on the internet so this kid uh adrian lopez had created a digital flyer for like a a big party for his 17th birthday it was called adrian's kickback and i guess like his buddy had posted it to tiktok because it wasn't getting that engaged and then through the magic of tiktok and the viral reach this thing went crazy and we can talk about why so many people showed up but eventually eventually thousands of people showed up uh to wanting to go to this guy's 17th birthday party so they started to panic as the party got closer they brought in like an event organizer and then they had like a secret place where they were going to hang out the whole thing descended into chaos like people were on beaches and then the police had to break it up and it was madness and now this kid has a lawyer and i enjoyed the end of the article the best because Obviously, this kid is terrified he's going to get like um, inciting a riot charge or something, or there might be damage or he might owe money. Uh, His parents had no idea, but he was scared about his parents. But basically, he has to show contrition for throwing this party, which is always funny. And it said, uh, on Saturday, Mr. Lopez and Mr. Hernandez, that's the two buddies, uh, Adrian Lopez and his buddy Hernandez, said they plan to host more kickback events around the country. We're hosting events soon, Mr. Hernandez said. We're going to host one in Texas. Then the last paragraph of this New York Times article says, on Monday, however, Mr. Lopez's manager said his client's mood had changed. The last thing Adrian wants to do is party. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, That's great. So, uh, guys, have you ever hosted a a rager or planned a party that got wildly out of control uh, at maybe your parents' place or maybe you went to one that was notable? Max, you don't seem like you don't seem like the guy that like threw a big party at your parents' house when you were young. Did you do that? I feel like no. you had so much respect for your parents that like you'd be like if they went out of the town for the weekend, you'd be too concerned about throwing a big party at your house. 
Yeah, no, I definitely want to do that. But when I got to university, our our house, eighty five Raquel, we threw some some really good keggers, and we made some money. We invested into the stock market. The cops showed up at three in the morning. I drunkenly offered the cops uh, bagels. I was very into this like particular kind of bagel that was sold at Fortino's, and I was like, <laughs> "Let me toast you a bagel." This is what I'm saying about my de escalation mm. skills, right? Mm. Like, you know, the cops show up. You know, I could tell they're a little annoyed. They're there because the neighbors compla- have complained. And uh, I wanted to toast them a bagel. And they're like, can you shut the fuck up and get out of here? Get back in your house. I was like, all right, I offered. I was trying to be a good host. <laughs> uh, yeah, we definitely. Uh, and I feel like uh, Dan Hamilton, he's thrown some good ones. He, uh, well, the thing about the Dan Hamilton one's like a famous one that actually overlaps. So Shane and my brother, Shane's. so Dan and my brother are like one grade and Shane's one year ahead of them. But Shane was in their crew in high school. And there's like a famous Dan Hamilton rager that got out of hand that Shane, you attended that one, right? Possibly. Uh, what happened? <laughs> Dan, I, Dan's told the story in the past, but I think like a door got destroyed. Dan ended up with some marker on his face or something. Yeah, but I think it was like one of those things where the house got destroyed and you may have been uh, involved in some of the destruction. Yeah, there was one party that was really crazy, but we can't talk about it, I don't think, because... Just a long beep for that story. That'd be funny. Yeah. yeah. That would be funny. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that was a good one. Yeah. That was a good story. Shane, you got any good ones, though? See, mine are always the reverse. It's like, I have a party... And I'll, I'll be like, tell my parents, like, it'll be fine. Like, it's only going to be 20 people. And they'll be like, okay. And then they'll buy me all these pizzas and stuff. And then no one shows up. And then I have to apologize <laughs> to them to spending all the money on the pizzas and whatnot. So okay. it's always the opposite. Yeah, no, I'm the worst at throwing a party. No one will ever show up. Uh, hey, Mike, what is the story about, this is party related, about you driving home up and getting Taco Bell? I feel like we've told, but I kind of want to hear it again. I like, like, like basically you were like being trailed by another car. Uh, the guys oh, that want to kick your ass and they or want something. The brawl? With, oh with the my school, god! Actually, that's, this is it. This actually relates back to a school of standing up for his friend. That's a hundred percent. Yeah, it was me, Shaney. You, you were in that car. I wasn't there. I'm you so there. mad. I wasn't there that night. It was a wild. So we're we're crammed into a schooler's car. We're coming back from Hess Village up the mountain, up Garth. So it's like me, my brother, Dan Hamilton, and a bunch of people that the listeners don't know. And Rob School is driving. And our friend Rob School is like, he's very sort of like idiosyncratic and will like he will get in like pieces people's faces, but he's quiet. But if he believes in something strong enough, he'll say something. So what happened was there was a car in front of us, and they were eating like McDonald's or Taco Bell or something. And when they got to the light they threw their garbage out of the window, like their litter, like their fucking, you know, their, 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 their scraps or whatever. And Rob literally, like I'd never seen it. He hates littering. He, he blew a gasket. He just said, not in my town, buddy. Hold right up beside. That was the line. Not in my town, buddy. And he he literally, and like, I know Rob, but I, I, I like, well, like, well, but I didn't, I hadn't hung out with him a ton at this point, And I was like, what the fuck is going on? And he speeds up right beside the car and he goes, roll down the window. And he goes, you fucking littered buddy. But he got up so close that basically like the mirrors like clipped and then, and then Rob sped off when the light turned green. But then these guys started chasing us and they had a packed car too of dudes that looked much tougher than us. So now I'm panicking and we're in my hood. I'm like, Rob, do not go to my house because if they know where I live, then I'm going to have to fight them in a week from now or something. So Rob turns down the street and uh, we pile out of the car 
and they pile out of the car and I shit you not, this is not a word of a lie at all. They have four guys in the back, just like us. They have two in the front. They all get out and then they pop the trunk and a little guy gets out of the trunk that they clearly, (laughs) a little guy guy gets out of the trunk, ready to rock and roll. And I'm like, we are fucked. And like, and immediately a guy punches Rob in the face, Rob, like, you know, he's like on the dash and then guys are like, like whatever. And then like, there's a bunch of us kind of off in separate groups. Like, are we going to fight? Are we not going to fight? And I'm sitting there and there's this one guy and he's going like, yo, what the fuck you came up on us doing like all that kind of stuff. And I'm like standing there and he's down on the street and I'm standing on the sidewalk and he's going, you know what? You know what? It's cool. It's cool. Wasn't you guys. It was the guy that was driving. And so, and I'm kind of just like watching him and he's saying, it's cool. It's cool. And then I just saw it like the way his shoulder dropped and he swung like at me, like he was like, you know, trying to fake me out and then sucker punch me. But because I, I caught the motion of his, like his shoulder, I ducked and he missed me and tripped on the sidewalk and then fell forward. And I stepped back. And then my brother, Greg said, that's my brother. And he ran up and he hoofed the guy in the gut, uh, <laughs> while he was on the ground after he missed me from punching me. All of a sudden, like some neighbors and stuff come out because we're in the suburbs and they're like, what the fuck is going on? And then thank God we all scattered back to like our cars and then we sped off and we went home and we had been coming from Taco Bell. So we had a bunch of like warm Taco Bell still in the car because it was after the bar and we got back uh, to the house and we just like, we acted like we'd like, we were like the the gladiators from like 300 or something. We were like, <laughs> we did it. We were like eating celebratory Taco Bell. Like we got in a fight. Uh, is but that yeah, guy we still were... alive? The one that Greg hit? Was he okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he lived. <laughs> I don't think Greg Full has the, the strongest the kick. kick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> one sh- shitty little kick. <laughs> Unzi, have you, have you thrown ragers? Have you been a part of a rager? Anything notable? Yeah, I've been a few ragers. At one point, one kind of like a, a summer, a bunch of us moved into a, a full bar. Like we all lived in this uh, in a bar. <laughs> uh, it's called it's called like the Pearl Street Lost now. It's in Hamilton on like King William. It's this huge okay. huge warehouse. Uh, it's like a venue sometimes. But before the, all that, this the landlord had turned the second floor of it into a jazz club, but he never got the the right permits or he couldn't get the it coded properly so it was like there was a full bar taps uh, a stage a couple jazz musicians <laughs> always on standby <laughs> yeah just ready to go <laughs> the place is massive and the top floor my it was my dad's office and the bottom floor wasn't used so at night on the weekends we could use the entire warehouse like the entire building to our disposal and so we would just at the end of the night at Hess, just like round up everybody, basically just like get on the mic and be like, come back to the loft and party and just <laughs> have these ragers. And also it was in like such like a, it was kind of in a sketchy part of town. So no one really called the cops very often, but one of the big, big blasters, we raged super hard. And the next day it was just like a war zone. Like there's people sleeping in beer cans and just people scattered all over the building. And, uh, place was just totally trashed and the landlord came in and he saw how like the state of the place and he was like that's it you guys are out of here i'm kicking you out you're worthy bums blah 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 he's like freaking out at us we didn't really have like an official lease with this guy he could kick us out pretty much he's losing his mind and so we're like uh i can't say his name but i was like hey man i was like we're like chill out dude like well we're sorry we we screwed up we won't have parties anymore and we're talking him down, like calm this guy down. He's like slowly kind of coming back to logic, kind of chilling out. 
And as I'm talking to him, in the corner of my eye, I see this one dude from the party face down on the ground, like just lying there on the ground, like he's basically dead. And I'm talking to him and the guy slowly stumbles up on his feet. And then he, he's like, eyes are closed. Then he undoes his pants. He pulls his pants down. <laughs> And they just start pissing on the floor. And the landlord looks over and sees him. He goes, oh, you dirty dog. And grabs a guy mid piss. And he just like wrestles a guy and brings him out. And like just fully like jazzy Jeff's him out the front door. I just wanted some nice light jazz. And now I got these guys pissing in the floor. This ain't cool yeah. at all, man. Uh, he's like, he was probably like 60 or something like that. Oh, yeah. Probably in the wow. 60s or 50s. <laughs> I remember going to uh, a, a house party in high school. It was like a nice house. Kids' parents were away. This is probably like the most typical North American like experience. But it's like the word started going around the school, like on the Thursday, the Friday, that there's going to be a party at this guy's house on the Saturday. And so like my group of friends went and we weren't like, super popular we weren't nerdy we were kind of in the middle i've always been able to oscillate between like the bad dudes like like those i was cool with them i was cool with the jocks i was cool with everybody so like i'm at this party um and everybody starts showing up and i knew it was trouble when like the bad dudes at our school like showed up like the kids that like live in i I won't name the neighborhood because i don't want to i don't want to defame hamilton and by the way like you know years later it might be a great neighborhood now i don't know but anyway so these bad kids show up and I was like, oh man, this is, uh, we'll see how this goes. Cause it was packed in. And I remember I was in the, uh, the living room and there was a beautiful piano and I'm like being like a showboat and I'm playing piano and I'm trying to probably impress some girl. And I just remember seeing like the bad guys start like walking out and I'm like, oh, they're leaving kind of early. It's only like 11 o'clock, but I'm still fucking boogie woogieing. And one of them looks at me and winks and opens his coat and he's got like the kid's VCR. And then the next one goes out and they're all just taking shit out of the house from the upstairs. And it's so packed. Like people are in the backyard swimming. People are in the kitchen that basically the dudes just came in and robbed the second floor and left. And I was like, oh, this is terrible. I was like. But in that moment, I'm like, what? Like, what? Am, what am I gonna do? Like, these guys are stealing. The what stuff. song were you singing? I was probably doing. Um, uh, don't not don't look back at it. What I used to do back then. Oh, <laughs> I knew you were gonna say. That. Yeah, no. Well, that's like my go to. But I, I was probably did. I was probably doing Forever by the Beach Boys or uh, or just like uh, Great Balls of Fire. That's when I do. I know Unzi's dad does that. We once got uh, Unzi. Remember that? <laughs> that <was the> best. <laughs> We once partied at one of the pub crawls in Hamilton. So Unzi was in town staying at his dad's who has like a really nice like baby grand piano at the house. And we all ended up back there at like two in the morning. And I end up jumping on the piano and playing Great Balls of Fire. Unzi, you want to take it from here? Well, yeah, you you were playing the piano. I mean, you probably started with Don't Look Back in Anger and <laughs> any of the Oasis things. You're working towards it. And you started playing Great Balls of Fire. My dad was upstairs. I think he maybe was even sleeping. And once you started playing it, I was like, oh, that's my dad's jam. I'm going to see what happens here. That's my dad's like, it's a it's go-to, his go-to piano song. I didn't yeah. know this. That's his, that's his song. And you just hear like from upstairs, like, do, 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 comes downstairs. He's like, no, that's my song. Get out of here. Kicked me and off he, like, the piano. Kicked you off the piano and then just started playing <laughs> Great Balls of Fire. And he killed it. It was so much better than me. But it was like he was upstairs and couldn't abide my hack piano play. And came down <laughs> and like, get the fuck off my piano. Yeah. And then he just he ripped through Great Balls of Fire. Um, 
but yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was a good house party. I felt bad because yeah, the kid lost a couple like VCRs and stuff like that. And, uh, that's, that's what happens when you, when you throw those parties and your parents are away, it just get, gets out of hand. Like I'm terrified that one day I'm going to like, you know, having a teenage kid, what that's going to look like. I'm never leaving my house. Like I'm not, we're not going on vacations or anything like that. Cause like a teenage <laughs> veerman is, it could be trouble. <laughs> All right, let's do a uh, Shane surprise. Let's get to that. Let's hit it. Okay. I have this in my notes, so I'm not sure what it is. <laughs> let's check it out well surprise for all of yes, us it's been a, it's been a busy time okay guys okay glass number oh. two of the wine <clears throat> okay so Kwame Brown have you guys been following this story <laughs> absolutely yeah do you know who Kwame Brown is Unzi no so no he was a first round draft pick years ago he was straight out of high school and he ended up being one of the most notorious busts of all time he was just, he, he didn't live up to his expectations. He was unconfident. He got drafted to the Wizards, right, Mike? Yeah, number one overall. And Michael Jordan was a player he looked up to, but Michael Jordan just broke down his confidence. And when it came to playing televised games, he just couldn't perform. And it was embarrassing to watch him play. And in interviews, to watch him speak after a game, he was very unconfident. He had his head down. And he just seemed like a guy who was not made to be in the NBA. He ended up lasting 12 years in the league. But... He played that long. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think he ever averaged more than 10 points a game. Maybe one season. Most of the time, it was like around five points a game. But recently, there's a podcast called All the Smoke. And they made fun of him for just being a terrible player, one of the biggest busts of all time. And Kwame Brown heard this. And he released an Instagram video where he just ripped these guys apart. And he's like the most gifted roast comic, nat- <laughs> natural charisma. He he's su- has such an energy online. It's just unheard of. I don't know where his confidence came from all of a sudden. But I think- What's one- all the smoke podcast? Who, who, who's the uh, host it's, of that? It's Matt Barnes, Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson, who are both former players. Um, oh, that one. Yeah, yeah. I know that one. So yeah, this yeah, is yeah. like the number one basketball podcast. It-, it, it it won like a, a podcast award. It, it's way up there. And they thought they could handle this. But every time they try to go back at him, Kwame just comes at him even harder. And Kwame went from having a thousand Instagram followers when this all began to now he has like 300,000 Instagram followers. And it's been like announcers in the NBA playoffs are using some of his classic lines during the broadcast. <laughs> classic just getting, lines? Like what? Oh, he has a thing where he was saying like, it's something about mama's cooking. He's like, oh, you want mama's cooking and the seasoning. Okay. And then, then like, I can't say it. Like, it sounds weird coming out of my mouth. But the announcers are using it during the game. They're like, there's mama's cooking and the seasoning. So, So he's getting more viral by the day. So, yeah, it's like, obviously his confidence increased once he retired from the NBA. And it's very nuts. If you look it up, like any interview he gave, even later in his career in the NBA, it's like a completely different person to how he is now. Now he even has like Mm. a thick Southern accent where he didn't seem to have that during his playing days. So I want to ask you, what is the thing that you're super confident at that? And then what's the thing that you're not confident at all at? Like, because I think a lot of people might be surprised, Max, that there's some things that you're not confident at. Because you seem so confident mm. on stage, you know what I mean? Oh, interesting. Like, where are you oh. out of your zone? I have to think about this for a minute. Anybody, anybody else want to kick it off? 
Yeah, Mike, you're a very confident guy. Where when are you unconfident? Well, I was I used to be very confident at playing Great Balls of Fire, and then I uh, hung out. Um, Who turned you down a peg? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mr. Hunsworth. Uh, yeah, uh, that's a good question. I don't know. I like, there's things, like, if it's just like your ability to speak or or communicate things like that i'm fine there's things i'm certainly unconfident with like like body stuff you know like if it's like if, like if it's like hey let's all hit the beach i'm like ah fuck you know what i mean it's like i'd rather not do that which i'm sure a million people can relate to maybe not mm-hmm. unzi who's hitting the hills yeah. in la where everybody looks great with the shirt off but um, or maybe more so because of that um but yeah i don't know it's just, so like that kind of stuff i, I would i would say but I'm sure there's some skill-based thing or something that every once in a while I'm required to do that I construction shit. I hate it. Like whenever, mm-hmm. like when I was building the deck with my father-in-law and he like hands me the drill, I That's felt very, one. yeah, I was like, okay, I'm going to drill like, cause I'm here. And if he wasn't there, I would be, I'd be like, I can screw this up and figure it out. But I felt very unconfident with the drill. And then you almost perform worse because you're not like, I feel like I would have been fine if I was on my own, but because he's watching me, I'm like, and I fucking fuck up the screw and it goes shooting across the deck. And I'm like, this is the worst. This Did is that the actually worst. happen? Did it go yeah. shooting across? Oh my God. Fuck yeah. And then he's like, he's like, oh, here, you got to do it like that. Then he's now he's showing me he's like, and it's like, it's like the movie ghost where he's around <laughs> you. <laughs> Come here, my son. Yeah. He wrapped his arms and he held yeah my hands uh, on the drill but uh yeah so that's that that would be my answer is uh that that's a good answer that's yeah. solid Andy, what about you uh it's a long list of uh, <laughs> unconfidence but uh i would say music in general takes the cake on that one dancing singing it it doesn't make sense in my brain i don't understand the parts are you're supposed to dance or move around to i would say that you know people say that they're they're bad at dancing and they don't dance, but like, I think my dancing so bad, it's like offensive. Like there'll be like a force field opening up on the dance floor. <laughs> so people know that they're not dancing with me. Um, and yeah, that same is like, I've done karaoke before where people are like, I don't think they want to be my friends after seeing that performance. <laughs> it's so bad. Just the tone. I don't understand music notes. It doesn't make sense. Yet your dad is knows everything about Great Balls of Fire. Like that's weird. You didn't get that. <laughs> yeah, inherited. I didn't, didn't get that. Didn't get that. What What's your most I, confident thing? Not wearing sleeves. <laughs> Not wearing <laughs> sleeves is a big one. <laughs> probably. Oh, that's a good question. Oh, probably like working like mechanic stuff. Like like being like handy like oh, fixing a car very cool around the house the handy stuff yeah yeah that's what you're confident with yeah i'd say that you're like, like a dream yeah. right now with no sleeves on yeah. you can fix shit around the house <laughs> fix someone's car oiling up the car oh, yeah. yeah it's like stereotypical wow. man yeah. i don't like dancing or singing i'll fix a car <laughs> oh, dancing, isn't that? that's for nancy boys <laughs> max what what are you confident in? okay yeah um so basically, I don't do anything in my life that I'm not good at. Like everything is delegated in my life. So I like I know what I'm good at, and so I haven't really had to do anything lately. In like when I say lately, I mean like t- ten years. <laughs> it's a good decade. Yeah. So I no honestly, um, but I do think um, like water sports. I hate water sports. Like the the one thing that really stresses me out is the idea of somebody insisting that I go water skiing and them saying it's really easy. No, it's really easy. Just go up. That, that's actually a fear of mine because I will not get up and it, I would just fall over every time. And when I see people just like, I, yeah. And I, if I see like, you know, 
50-year-old dudes or like 60-year-old dudes like getting up on a water ski or kids. super easily. Or kids. Yeah, oh, I kids. hate that. Yeah, so that, that would really stress me out. Like water sports. Yeah, just basically like the idea of like, uh, yeah, a 65-year-old like dad just like really whooping my ass and something, that <laughs> stresses me out. And, and, and like getting up on the water ski is, is something in that category. Yeah, that sucks. Uh, Max, do you find yourself in that situation often where you're sitting at a boat and people are offering you to water ski or play water polo? <laughs> do it, Mr. Singer. Come on, get on the water It's happening skis. again. <laughs> <laughs> no. no but it did, actually, you know what, though? We did, uh, not to name drop here, but we did go to Paul Coffey's cottage a couple summers ago up in You've told Muskoka, this story like before, Joe. Yeah, no, and uh, <laughs> and they're all just on water skis. The whole like because all those kids, whether it's like his kids that are like in their like early to mid twenties, or Paul and his wife, just like everybody up there is just like effortlessly on water skis. Yeah, <laughs> and I cannot do that. And I and I and I'm supposed to be the cool guy. I'm just like, anyone who's like a hockey guy, they love water skiing to show how good they are with balance. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah hate I hate it. that. Shane, yeah. what are you most confident about, and what are you least confident about? For me, it's, this sounds weird. This is a blanket statement, but anytime anyone's looking at me, I'm very unconfident with being looked at. I find if, I find if you're not looking at me, I can do things like impressively, (laughs) but the, like even ping pong, I'm pretty good at ping pong, but if you watch me play, I'll, I'll fuck it up or basketball. I'm pretty good. But if it's, it's like a little crowd, I'm not confident in it at all. And I like change my game completely based off that, but I would think I'm most confident if I'm drinking alcohol. <laughs> like two drinks. And doing anything. Yeah, yeah, anything. Honestly, I can do anything. And that's probably a bad PSA, but. On that note, should we all go, uh, should we all get a drink? It's like right yeah, now on the East Coast, it. it's nine o'clock yeah. at night. Anzi, you can, you can do a, a, six, a six o'clock, right? Yeah, I could do that. Mm-hmm. Definitely. What are, you, right. what are you off to right after this? I got, I don't have any plans. Just do some work or something. I didn't know if you were saying we're having a Zoom beer or if we were... Uh... No, I was like, we all go independently and get a drink. <laughs> but if it... oh, we just go, oh, yeah, yeah. Just go and drink by ourselves? <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. We're not hanging out for this. Yeah. This is a work thing. <laughs> all right.